morning, Cross Point Community Church. It is so good to see you here this morning. I know it's going to be a little bit more. It is more of a hometown group tonight or this morning. A lot has happened the last couple days. And I'll tell you what, walking in this morning, a lot of tired eyes. <laughs> You'd almost think we'd need a vacation from our vacation, right? A lot of uh, full-time fun yesterday, uh, partying hearty and enjoying time with family and friends. But I thank God for each one of you who has taken the time this morning to come, to gather corporately again, and to worship our Savior. I hope you did have a wonderful day yesterday celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and I truly am thankful that it can carry over into our worship today. And I pray that you will be blessed by the passage of Scripture that we're studying today. I do want to say a quick welcome. Uh, if you're visiting with us this morning, welcome. It is so good to see you. I know some have come from other states and visiting family and friends. It is good to have you. Uh, those of you from Redding, California, Shasta County, and if you're visiting with us, we want to say welcome. It's so good to have you here today. And if you are a regular attender here, it is good to see you too. Uh, it's just good to see people today, to see the body of Christ gather together. Um, it is also good to see younger people here today. What I'm talking about is we do not have our kids' programs going on up on the second floor. This is a family service. And so there'll be some families up in the balcony, uh, in here, and due to that, the nature of this service will be a bit more summarized. It'll be a, a bit of a shorter than normal service uh, because of our younger audience this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you for those who served our body the other night and helped lead in corporate worship for our Christmas Eve service. Thank you for those who participated. My heart was encouraged to be with you. And then thank you for those who helped out with our teen group last Wednesday night. What a fun time we had uh, at the mall, and then um, together on Wednesday night as a teen group. So thank you for those who took your time to help with that. <clears throat> All right, please take your Bibles this morning, if you would please, and turn to the Old Testament book of Isaiah. This morning we will be in Isaiah chapter 9. The last two weeks we have been enjoying Christmas from the perspective of Simeon and Anna. I have thoroughly enjoyed our time in Luke chapter 2. Uh, and constantly through Luke chapters 1 and 2 we find reference back to an Old Testament text. The Old Testament text of Isaiah. So what we're going to do today and next week as we close out 2021, as we launch into 2022... We're going to take some of these familiar texts of scriptures in Isaiah, and we're going to find comfort in these passages. In fact, if you go to, don't do this right now, but if you write down Isaiah chapter 40, you will see that the writings of Isaiah, as heavy as they may be, are meant to be comfort. Yes, there's confrontation involved, but they are meant to be comfort. So what we study about today, it will be with that in mind, today we're going to talk about clinging to Christ through unsettling times. I don't think there's a single one of us here that would not wholeheartedly acknowledge the fact that the times we are living in are a bit unsettling. Now, so often this last year, I just stop and I think, what is going on? 
I dare, I, I like following news. I, I try to not watch too much of the conventional news because I get very frustrated. So I'll read about the news and I'll click into different newspapers and read about it and still trying to avoid the conventional news, only a, like a really minimal diet of conventional news. But if I turn that on and I read, I still become overwhelmed thinking, what is going on? And then I find comfort in the fact that God has us here at this time for a precise reason. Every one of you are here because God wants you here. So often we think, man, what if I would have just been born like 50 years ago? Or 80 years ago? Or 120 years ago? Some of, some, some of, the, well, some of you are like, yeah, I was born 50 years ago. <laughs> Thanks, Pastor. Thanks for reminding me. My mind often goes to the frontier days, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that would have been fun. Without the technology, without all these distractions, without all the car problems. But then I'm reminded, my friends, that God has us here right now in the 21st century, the 21st going into the 22nd year of this century for an exact, precise reason. He wants us here right now to talk about and shine the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to meditate on this truth this morning. Nonetheless, what we're talking about today is clinging. <laughs> clinging to Christ through unsettling times. And I think we see this unfolded in the book of Isaiah. Again, we'll talk about this in brief today, kind of a surface level, and then next week we're going to dig deeper into the context of Isaiah, and I think it's just going to be fully exposed. It's beautiful what's happened in Isaiah. But what we're going to do this morning is just touch into Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. But what about this word clinging? There's been, a, there's been an image that has come across my mind all week long. It is this one. <laughs> You've seen this one before. How many of you feel this way? I mean, confession time, I guess. How many of you own a cat? Are you brave enough to admit it right now? I see those hands. Because confessional is happening right now. And repentance will happen after this. Just joking. Uh, I'm brave enough to tell you all that uh, even though I am not officially a cat person so 10 times out of 10s I'll prefer my dog over any cat I'm sorry that's just how it is um, we do own three cats <laughs> so for not being a cat person um, actually four one of them my kids are reminded four one of them hasn't been around the house for about a month um, get tired of the circus so we do have three cats two of them are outdoor hunters around our little farmish area and I love them for the fact that they kill all the rodents, so praise God for those cats. So I do like those cats. And then we do have another cat that over the last month and a half, I, other than the family talk dad into it type of a cat, I do not know how this thing entered into our home. But it did. This cat came into our house. But today's discussion is not on cats. <laughs> but it is on clinging. And so all week I've been thinking about clinging to Christ and I keep thinking of this picture. This cat with all it's got is holding on. 
well, this is a cool picture. However, this is not. Okay, what a setup, right? This is not the picture we find necessarily in Isaiah. Why? Well, if you put in your mind, not just you clinging on with all you've got, but there's someone holding on to you. That is the picture of Isaiah. So a better, more appropriate example would be like this. If you've ever taken one of these crazy cats, by the way, if you haven't done this, this will bring joy into your life. Take one of these crazy cats and walk next to a live uh, piece of lawn mowing equipment. Loud. What happens when you do that? I'm telling you, you're going to have some extra holes in your skin. All right. You take this cat and you're trying to walk with this cat. Or the other place you want to walk with them is by the pool. <laughs> if you take a cat and walk by the pool, there's a certain level of anxiety that happens for both the cat and you. Especially with loud lawn mowing equipment. You take that thing. Sometimes my son will, uh, he, he's so good at mowing the lawn and so... Uh, there's these cats running around. i got to move from one spot to another. And for whatever reason, I'll carry this thing. And guess what's going to happen? This cat is completely conflicted. It can't stand the noise. So it doesn't know whether it wants to sink in its claws and hold on for all it's got or fight and scratch and run. Or maybe both. Either way, the person holding is going to get hurt. <laughs> all right. But this whole concept of either digging in and clinging on or fighting and running, that's the idea of Isaiah 9. The children of Israel, God has done some amazing things to the children of Israel. I mean, as you follow through the history of Israel, God has done miraculous things with this children of Israel. And right now, in Isaiah, they are being tempted with a thought of fighting and running God or clinging on to God with all they've got. That is the picture we have in Isaiah. We're going to talk more of that next week with the different alliances that we're lining up in the book of Isaiah. And here's where Isaiah approaches the subject. He says, why? Why would you fight and run when you have Emmanuel, God with us? And what does he do through the especially chapters 7 through 9, he says, let me tell you how wonderful this Messiah is. Why would you ever run from this Messiah? That's what Isaiah is saying. With me in your minds, think about what God has done in the history of Israel, has chosen and called them through Abraham. He's brought them with, by Moses out of Egypt. He's given them the worship and life directives from the law, the law of Moses, as we called it, on Sinai. God has blessed these people. They have been directed through priests and through judges and prophets and even a small handful of these kings that were devoted to God. And now, through the unsettling times around them, they are battling through whether they are going to cling to this God and trust Him for their future, or whether they are going to try to run from God's plan and try to survive their own way. Well, we have the luxury of knowing the rest of the story. It does not work out very well to try to run from this God. But now, through the prophet Isaiah, God Almighty shares a wonderful prophecy with Israel. 
to remind them that his plan truly is wonderful. Because the Messiah, Emmanuel, truly is wonderful. So this prophecy in Isaiah is full of wonderful descriptions of the promised Christ. And here's the question at hand today. We want to make this very practical over our short time together. Here's the practical question for you and for me. As we close out 2021 and enter into 2022, will you cling to Christ through unsettling times? With everything you've got. I mean, we've, over the last year and a half, what have we done in, as we've looked in Hebrews? Looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Remember this. We, we talked of this study. Everything we do, we're looking to Jesus. Well, my brothers and sisters, it's more than just looking to Jesus. It's clinging to Him with everything we've got. Knowing that actually He's the one that has us. That's the beauty of the whole equation. Nonetheless, this morning... I want us to read a wonderful description in Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7, probably multiple times over this last couple weeks. You've read this or heard this. In fact, this morning I was getting ready, and one of my favorite preachers to listen to was is Stephen Lawson, and he was preaching down in Texas this morning, and it just popped up uh, one of his sermons, and guess where he was this morning? Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. So I enjoyed meditating on the scriptures even before we came here. Uh, through Stephen Lawson, also going to this passage. But we have a wonderful opportunity this morning to read this passage. Would you look with me at Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, and let us glean from these truths, starting in verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Verse 7. Of the increase of His government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over His kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. As we start into this passage, we need to first interact with this key recognition. Here it is, and I'm just going to mention this, and then we'll travel into the rest of this passage, these two verses. This key recognition, through Christ, God will zealously accomplish His redemptive plan. All right, what does the first phrase of these two verses say? For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. And then at the end of these two verses, what do you find? The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Who is doing this, my friends? It is God. This is God's plan. Arguments can be made for a double meaning to this, this word son here a near and far meaning, but very clearly this child is ultimately referring to whom? Jesus Christ. And who is giving this son? Who has done this, my friends? It is God. God Almighty, the 
creator and sustainer of all lives. He has done this eagerly, intensely. Those two words come together in the way it's translated zealously. He has zealously done this. The zeal of the Lord has done this. In other words, God's redemptive plan is inseparable from Christ, and as such, Christ is a gift from a God who is zealous to do something. He is zealous to keep His Word. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is the God that we hold on to as we go into 2022. It is a God that will dynamically keep His Word. To make this personal, and like I said, next week we're going to dig a little deeper into some of this. But to make this very personal this morning, let us look at this stabilizing truth. Here's the stabilizing truth, just like Israel, as we endure unsettling times. As we look into 2022, and it's not a matter of if these unsettling times are coming, it's when they're going to come, and how we're going to handle these by God's grace. So, as we endure unsettling times, we must, my friends, cling to the hope that is found only in Christ Jesus. You will not find this hope anywhere else as we head into this new year. The unsettling times we're talking about, just like we did the other night, Friday night when we came together for our our uh, Christmas Eve service. What are we talking about unsettling times? We're talking about discouragement. We're talking about doubts. Ever, you ever been, let me just make this very practical. You ever been on your way home from work and like a flood, like the floodgates have been opened, these thoughts of doubt and discouragement come into your mind? Has that ever been you? Maybe it's not them. For me, sometimes it happens before I go to bed. I'm laying there, and all of a sudden it's like, vroom, doubt, discouragement, despair. Sometimes it happens right in the middle of the night. You know what I'm talking about. Where you wake up and you're not fully cognizant. You're trying to process things, but all of a sudden, doubt, despair, discouragement, for whatever means. There's some in this room right now who are struggling through this season. Why? This may not have been the merriest of Christmases for you. Why? You've lost loved ones this last year. People that you've spent your whole lives with. Unsettling times of disease and death, deception, depravity. What are we to do through these times? My friends, we are to persevere by clinging to the hope that we have in Jesus Christ just like we find in Isaiah chapter 9. Let's take the remainder of our time this morning and look at these descriptions, starting with one. There's one description and four titles, and so we're going to kind of put all those together in general descriptions of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Isaiah prophesying that this Jesus will come. You remember the story, Jesus did come, but then he was crucified for our iniquities. He was our substitute on the cross. He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven. And my brothers and sisters in Christ, we are waiting for His return. That is where we're at. But here's the deal. Even though this was written pre-cross, pre-Christ, we hold to these same immutable truths about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ today, just like they did back in the time of Isaiah. So let us review these descriptions of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ with this. 
We must cling to the fact, first of all, that Christ is the one who will govern perfectly. We could just leave it there. <laughs> you think about the political nightmares we've had the last couple years, and you just shake your head. No matter what party affiliation you have, you think, how could they make that decision? What is going on? And we're not just talking the United States of America. We're talking about around the globe. Decisions that are made by political leaders. I can't tell you how many times I've run to this thought. Verse 6. The government shall be upon his shoulders. My friend, there's a day. And we see glimpses of this even now. As Jesus Christ is ruling and reigning in our hearts. But one day we will see... This time when Jesus Christ, the mighty one, will rule and reign over everyone and everything. The consummation of all times. And that is what Isaiah is doing. He's looking into the future and he says the government will be upon his shoulders. Isaiah ministered through four kings, all insufficient. God's people, Israel, thinking we need someone. And Isaiah is saying, I know who that someone is going to be. It is Jesus Christ. On his shoulders will be the burden of ruling and reigning both Israel and the nations, as we see in Isaiah and through the rest of the scriptures. He says this, of the increase of his government, verse 7, of the increase of his government and of his peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, very clearly, unlike finite human rulers, the greatness and peace of Christ's kingdom will last. This is clear terminology, when it, especially when it talks about the throne of David. Again, we'll talk more of this next week. This is clear terminology that any Jewish person that studied the scriptures would know about. Why? Because God promised to David nearly 300 years prior to this that his kingly, kingly line would last forever. Through his line, the Messiah would come. And this Messiah's reign will be into eternity future. He says this, to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. All right. If you read this, there's one word that pops out to me that is that our current culture, we're talking about over the last, let's just say two years, has been consumed with, all right? It is that word justice. Doing what is right and fair. Well, here's the problem. Everyone in their own mind has what they think is fair. Everyone is their own standard of their own justice. Other than those who hold to Jesus. Why? Because He is the only one that provides true justice. A justice that is perfect in accordance with God's sovereign plan and unmatched holiness. This Jesus, the government will be upon His shoulders. And this government, my friends, hold on to this. He is going to judge. He is going to rule and to reign over this kingdom. And my friends, every single decision that He will ever make will be completely just. That is this King. Wonderful. 
to the unsettling world that we live in right now? Why should we cling to Jesus? Because he, King Jesus, is King of kings and Lord of lords, and he will govern perfectly and eternally. You want justice, my friend? Cling to Jesus. He will get the final word. You want peace, my friend? Cling to Jesus in 2022. He will get the final word. You want stability, my friend? Cling to Jesus. He will get the final word. All right, further now, as we see in this passage, there's four wonderful titles of this Savior, and we're just going to take a couple minutes here and explain these. By the way, children are doing phenomenally right now. Good job, parents and children alike. But let's look at these four descriptions, these four names. First reason why we cling to Jesus through the uncertain times, unsettling times, is the fact that Christ is the one who will govern perfectly. The second one we look at this, we'll keep this uh, concise, is this. We must cling to the fact that Christ is the wonderful counselor. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Isaiah says. Some would see these as two separate concepts, but in line with the, what's happening in this verse, uh, grammatically, linguistically, I think you cannot make a case for these two being separate. You have to make a case that they go together. So what is Isaiah saying? He is descriptive, wonderful, and what is he? Counselor. He's a wonderful counselor. Why is this so important? Because this word wonderful means you marvel at the advice. You marvel. You're like, what? Maybe you've been there. Maybe you've been struggling through something in your life. And you go to a friend, and maybe this has happened to you. They've given you advice, and you're like, that was awful. (laughs) You ever been there? I, I know I've been a recipient of advice like that, and I've also shared advice like that. Like, I'll get home sometimes like, what did I just say? I need to make a quick phone call. That was awful. But maybe you've been there. All right? You marvel because of how bad your advice is. My friend, I'm going to tell you, when it comes to Jesus Christ, you will never marvel at how bad his advice is. You will always marvel at how perfect his advice is. And that is what Isaiah says. He is a marvelous, a wonderful advice giver. Why? Because not only is he the king of kings, why should we cling to this Jesus? Not only because he's the king of kings, because he is the wonderful counselor. How many times this last year have you been like, I need some counsel through this? If I could just speak openly. Conversations with my wife this week. There were some things I'm working through down deep in my own heart, and it's like, who can I call Hannah right now? You ever been there? Who can I talk to? I know God's given me some precious friends in this world to talk to. But you know what it's like when you don't know where to turn. You don't know who to talk to. My friend, through this next year, it's not if you're going to be looking for a counselor, it's when. It might happen the first minute of January 1st. And my encouragement to you is run and cling to the wonderful counselor. And his name is Emmanuel, God with us. 
Let's go to the next point here, the next title. We must cling to the fact that Christ is the wonderful counselor. Here's another title. He is the mighty God. Yes! Um, I'm going to refrain from just going on with this for about two hours. But not only does this description prove the deity of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, this description also highlights a certain aspect of this Jesus. It is powerful. So this mighty God, it is powerful. It is strength. It is dominance. So when Isaiah is encouraging these people, he's saying, if you want true power, don't look to Assyria. Don't look to Syria. Don't look to Egypt. Again, we'll talk of that next week. Look to Jesus. And it's just like in our lives, my friends. We want true power in our lives to work through the troubling, unsettling times. I mean, we're not talking about power to even do extraordinary things. We're talking about power to get out of bed. (laughs) To make one more decision. Where do we cling for this power? We cling to Christ. Why? Because He is the mighty God. I mean, another way to say this is you cannot beat this rescuer. There's no way that you're ever going to overpower this guy. No one ever will defeat the conqueror. My friend, how comforting is this to you right now in the unsettling nature of the world that we are living in to know that your Savior is the one who will flex and see all things set right. He will do it. He gets the final word. Practically, I was thinking about this. Again, my imagination goes, and I'm thinking about the battlefield mentality. Practically, if you're in the battle and you're lining yourselves up with different comrades, I'm going to tell you who you're going to go line yourself up with. The guy that's never, ever, ever lost in battle. You can go stand next to him. You're not going to find some loser that's like barely getting out on the battlefield. Yeah, he's going to defend me. No, you're going to go find the one who's the most powerful on the battlefield and you're going to stay close to him. My friends, that is Jesus Christ. Align yourself with him each and every moment of every day through 2022. Why? Because he is the mighty God, the conqueror. Further, we cling to Christ. Here's another title because he is the everlasting father. His name shall be called Everlasting Father. Worth noting that this does not muddy the waters as to the distinction between God the Father and God the Son. But what does this do? I love this description because this simply describes a Christ who will consistently show you the kindness and the care and the compassion of a good Father. And how long will this happen? It will happen forever. He is the everlasting Father. What's the the weight of the description here? Okay, any one of us earthly fathers, and and I can tell you, my heart is, as a dad of five kiddos, of various ages, from four to 16, almost 17, my goal in life is to do everything I can to show them care and compassion and kindness, to show them love. But I'm going to tell you something. I fail big time sometimes. But there's a father who will never, ever fail you. I know some of you have struggles with 
interaction with your dads in the past. There's a father that is described in Scripture as one who will never, ever, ever walk out on you. He is a father that will be with you to the very end. A lot of times when we think of relationship with fathers, we think of a, of a passing. Why? Simply due to age. So who's going to pass first? The, generally speaking, this doesn't always happen. As I know some have experienced this in this very room where sons die before fathers, but generally speaking, the son will lay to rest his father. And then there'll be a period of time where a son will work through life and grow up and be that person. But I'm going to tell you, in the scriptures, this is the everlasting father. My friends, followers of Jesus Christ, there will not be a single day in all of your existence as a follower of Christ that Christ will not be there for you as a loving father. I mean, if you go to the end, I mean, right before Jesus Christ ascends up into heaven, in the end of chapter uh, 28 in Matthew, Jesus Christ is giving his orders, right? The Great Commission. But what does he say? All power is given to me in heaven and earth. Remember this? But he ends the whole commission with something beautiful. And lo, I will be with you always to the end of the age. My friends, through 2022, what must we hold on to? We have an everlasting caregiver, caretaker, our Father. Jesus. Let's go to one more quick description. This one may be one of those that you would consider uh, linguistically. It's, it could almost be considered as the, the exclamation point of the four. Sometimes in Hebrew you see the way it's written, and then a little bit of a variety at the end to how it's written, that's this case. So even though you have a list of four names at the end, there's a little bit of a variant. And one of the reasons it's done like that linguistically is to put an exclamation point on the last one. I think that's what's happening here. What is the last one? What ties all of this together? His name shall be called Prince of Peace. Everything about Christ is putting peace into a war-filled world that is cursed with sin. Christ as the Prince of Peace, the Captain of Peace. Catch this. So when you think of Christ as the Prince of Peace, you're going to focus more on the Lamb scenario. But I'm going to tell you, in order for peace to be accomplished, war must happen. That's what's going to happen at the end of your Bibles. Catch that. The Prince of Peace will come in war against all evil. Why? To conquer. To set up for this peace. Christ is the Prince of Peace, the Captain of Peace, will conquer any and every power that stands against that peace. Peace with Him and peace with others. By the way, when you think about this, how cool is it in the Christmas story? Some of you probably listened or read through the Christmas story in the last couple of days. We're talking about Luke chapter 2, the account of Luke. All of these lowly shepherds in the field. You remember this? And this angel comes and appears to them, speaks to them. But then after that, I mean, it rocked their socks <laughs> because all of a sudden you look in the sky and there's a multitude of angels. What did they say, my friends? Glory to God in the highest and on earth, what? Peace. Why? Because the Prince of Peace was just born. Jesus Christ. 
My friend, if you're like me, you're looking for peace in your life. And, and we're talking about primarily a right standing with God, the righteous God. But even after that, if you come to Jesus Christ in saving faith and you have a relationship with the Holy God, the creator and sustainer of all life, every single day, what is the prince of the power of the air? We're talking about Satan. What is he trying to do into your life? To discourage you. He's trying to derail you. And actually, as Peter says in 1 Peter 5, he is trying to destroy you. So what are we to do? The same thing that Peter says in 1 Peter 5, 7. Right before 1 Peter 5, 8. Cast all your care upon him because he cares for you. My friend, through this year, who are we to look, look for and look to and cling to? Jesus, the Prince of Peace. The one who provides the assurance that, that although pain and war and agony are still present in this broken world, He will get the final word. So if you want true peace, follow the captain of peace. <laughs> I mean, as we go into this, this next year, who are you going to follow? I'm going to tell you. Scripture is very clear. Follow the captain, the prince, the prince of peace, Jesus Christ. My friend, today, he has everything you need for peace in 2022. Look no further. He is the prince of peace. So what? I would ask this question. Through your unsettling times, who are you clinging to? Are you clinging to Jesus Christ, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince, the Captain of Peace? I don't know what you've gone through this year. I do know for some of you it's been some deep waters. I don't know exactly what you're going through right now. I can't pretend to say I know exactly what you're going through. But I know all of us in this broken world are going through something. And if you're not going through something, you will. That's just how this works in a broken world. But my friend, if I could simply encourage you with this, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Although you may be tempted to doubt and dismay and even give up, oh friend, please heed the encouragement of Isaiah and cling to the Christ with all you have. Come back next week and we'll study more about this wonderful Christ. So I thank you, God, for the time we could spend with this wonderful passage of Scripture today. God, I pray, even as th these words fell on young ears today with the children here with us, and the teens, and 
families. Lord, I, I pray that you would please help us all to find our encouragement, our comfort in Jesus Christ. Through unsettling times that we would cling to Christ with all we have. I want to thank you for the time we could spend this morning. Thank you for every single person here. My friends here today, both my brothers and sisters in Christ who have come to Jesus Christ in saving faith, but also those who are here today that you would acknowledge that you have never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Who are you clinging to? If you've never come to Jesus Christ in saving faith, I might add this, that you will find substitute peace in this world, potentially. Things you can hold on to, but they're superficial. They're not lasting. That is why we have the everlasting Father, the captain of peace. He is the only one that can provide true peace in your life. We're talking about a right standing with a holy God, but also a peace that passes all understanding. If you've never come to Jesus Christ in saving faith, I might compel you this morning. Would you come to Jesus today? Would you admit that you are a sinner before a holy God? Would you believe that Jesus Christ is the only sufficient rescuer, and when you call on Him right now to save your soul, no better way to close out 2021 and head into 2022 than by coming to Jesus Christ in saving faith. Coming to the Prince of Peace. Coming to Emmanuel, God with us. I remember as a young 10-year-old boy, sitting under multiple sermons from my dad. He was a preacher. And my grandpa, who was a preacher. But it wasn't until I was 10 that the dots started being connected in my mind. It was God Almighty drawing me to himself. And I realized that I was a sinner in need of a Savior. And that very night, after a sermon preached by my dad, I called on Jesus Christ to save my soul. Would you come to Jesus Christ in saving faith today? For those of us who have come to Jesus Christ in saving faith, the question is there for you as well, all of us as well. Who will we cling to this year? Who will we cling to every single moment of every single day? To close out this service, would you pray with me right now? that God would give you the grace to cling to the wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Captain of Peace, whose government shall be on His shoulders. God, I, I just thank You for this passage that's been on my mind all week. And now to just talk of it, thank You. I pray, God, that we would embrace this promise, this prophecy of Jesus Christ. Help us to embrace it and live by it every single day. Thank you for the time we could spend today in worship, corporate worship. Bless now as we close out with song of praise to you. As we go our ways, let us remember 
Jesus Christ, who is the wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And it is in this Jesus' name we pray this this morning. Amen. Thank you for being such good listeners today, especially our young worshipers here. I'm going to invite you all to stand. We're going to close with a song, a Christmas song. Peace has come. What better song to sing as we close out this service? Next time we'll see most of you will be next year. Uh, so we'll see some of you. We don't have our official uh, studies, most of them this week. So we'll see most of you as we gather corporately next Sunday morning. Some of you came to close out the year by sharing of your resources. There are boxes in the back. There is this manger up here for our special deacon uh, offering. But if you came today to share of your resources, those are there. Thank you for coming today to worship corporately. May you go with the blessing of the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the prince of peace. Would you go with his comfort today?